0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Hello, this is Chris from the Foot Candle Film Podcast. Are you interested in promoting your business to an online audience? Your ad could be right here. Consider advertising on The Mesh Podcast Network. Head over to the TheMesh.tv for details. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small businesses with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, e commerce and selling direct to consumer has helped the little guy. We'll share an article that recounts some small businesses that became really big by breaking the traditional distribution model. You're starting a business or you're in business and you're looking to grow, you need money. Our guest today has money, Chris Graysinger with Mountain BizWorks, a U.S. Treasury-certified nonprofit community development financial institution, is our guest today to talk about the lending process for startups and small businesses, and he's agreed that our fourth caller today is going to get a $1,000 grant. Mm. Didn't know that, did you, Chris?
0: Interesting. That's impressive.
1: And we'll share our small business of the month, and we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Workforce, Productivity, and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College.
0: Gary, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm doing great, and we're actually doing really well this week. As you know, I haven't talked much about my Wake Forest sports teams, but I can talk this week because we beat Duke.
1: Well, well, one of our college basketball teams can say that, uh, and my Tar Heels cannot, at least yet, we'll get another shot at them. But, but you did win this week. We did win this week, and I believe my Tar Heels play Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, which means this you'll week. win next week. Yeah, well, it's not <laughs> been that kind of year for the Tar Heels, but... Uh, you yeah, know, we we, we we remain hopeful. So uh, anyway, good that uh, to have you here and uh, looking forward to speaking with our guest, Chris. We we like to start sometimes with an article that we've come across and I, I threw one your way about uh, that I saw in the New York Times in late January. It was called They Change the Way You Buy Your Basics by Lawrence Ingracia. And it talks about Uh, Dollar Shave Club and how they appended Gillette and became a $200 million business. They were acquired by Unilever in 2016 for a billion dollars. And they also talk about Warby Parker, which sells eyewear uh, direct to consumers, which is now worth $1.75 billion. And it just... Really uh, talks about how the small guys, through e-commerce, through connecting direct to consumers, can really level the playing field. What
0: do you think? I thought it was a great article. and I didn't realize the success of some of these companies. And we also talked about Harry's in this article, Mm -hmm. which I'm a— Customer, a satisfied customer. Well, and I must admit that I actually started with Dollar Shave
1: Club, and I moved to Harry's. I, yeah. I sort of like. Think their, you're the one
0: that got me I talking sort of, about I,
1: s- I sort of like their their blades better. Yeah. You know, so I, and I, I, I like ended the up packaging and the
0: way they do it.
1: So, okay. uh, you know, and a couple of things that come in, some themes that that come out are that uh, there are ways that you can challenge entrenched market leaders by providing quality products at lower price and. And they really, they really have an obsession with connecting to consumers. I don't, I don't know if you went back and looked at the the original Dollar Shave Club video that uh, their their owner did. It's really very funny and 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 uh, uh, really helped in building their brand and, and making them a cool brand, and people really wanted to to get involved with it. Uh, the article talks a bit about how traditional brand loyalty has been declining, and they mentioned a report where. Of the top 100 consumer brands, 90% have lost market share over the recent years. Uh, so, so there's some opportunities out there. But uh, it's also quotes Neil Blumenthal from one of, the, one of the founders of Warby Parker, who says, it's never been cheaper to start a business, but it's really never been harder to scale your business. So you know, it's sort of easy to get in through e-commerce, a lot of opportunities there. But as far as scaling your business, still can be challenges. There. Yeah, I
0: think I mean, it was really interesting to see how these companies have been successful. But I think you still got to have the right financing and right plan no matter what you do. Like say, you can get in, but how you're going to grow that is still always a challenge that we've got to look at.
1: Any certain product categories that come to mind where there might be opportunities? I mean, I, I, you know when I'm listening to the radio these days, I hear people are selling socks, people are selling underwear, uh, direct to consumer. Uh, what's next? What's the next great big
0: idea? I guess anything. Anything? I, I mean, guess. I didn't honestly didn't think that I would be buying razors and doing these different things uh, online. Of course, you know me. I'm a tech guy. Not. Not. Yeah, <laughs> not. And so uh, my kids and my wife certainly have me uh, getting into that uh, realm that I never would have gotten into before. Well, well I, I do also remember some of their early commercials where I think they were
1: poking fun at uh, – I'm, and I guess I'm speaking of Dollar Shave Club, where they were poking fun at some of the entrenched folks. Where things got to a point where if you went into your local drugstore to buy razor blades or razors, they were under lock and key, and it was just it was just becoming incredibly inconvenient to have to go there and buy them. Right. And they they made it very easy for us to say, all right, I'm going to pay somebody once a month or mm-hmm. every so often. They're going to show up, no fuss, no muss. I'm 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 happy. So those well, it comes down, b- down to service and like say, convenience. No, 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 the big guys took a hit. Yep. So anyway, sort of an interesting article. We recommend that you should check it out. And and actually, I, I noticed it was um, it was excerpted from a book that came out in January called Billion Dollar Brand Club. Uh, so uh, there's a book out there by uh, I'm looking I'm looking. Uh, and I'm not seeing it, but the name of the book is Billion Dollar Brand Club: How Dollar Shave Club, Warby Parker, and Other Disruptors Are Remaking What We Buy. It's, uh, and it's out in January. Uh, was was out in January. I actually have downloaded it onto my Kindle, so I'll be reading it soon. But anyway, you're so tech savvy. Yeah, I'll I'll teach you about the Kindle too. Uh, as <laughs> soon as we get you on Twitter, Gary. So anyway, that's my goal for 2020. Uh, well, you set you're setting them high. Let's. <laughs> We have a guest with us. I want to welcome our guest, uh, Chris Greisinger. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? We, I'm doing good. I, we really appreciate you being here. Chris is a regional manager for Mountain BizWorks, which, as I mentioned, is a certified community development financial institution we're going to ask him to help us understand what those are and uh, he provides uh he works with many local businesses in western north carolina uh, provides lending services education services to clients uh works with a lot of startups Uh, he is also a small business owner himself in boone north carolina where he's got his own climbing and fitness center as well so uh Chris, uh, thank you for joining us on the Entrepreneur Exchange today.
2: It's a pleasure to be here with you and Gary.
1: Well, tell us, uh, help us understand what the CDFIs are and
2: tell us a little bit about Mountain BizWorks. All right. A CDFI is a community development financial institution. And in its name, you can get a little feel for the impact that these structures were built for. They're made to make impacts on communities, help develop communities, create community resilience. There are actually several functions and forms to CDFIs. Ours is pretty much financial development funding that is geared towards entrepreneurship support. Now, there are other CDFI functions out there in arenas that we don't operate in, such as affordable housing. That's another one of these financial um, functions. How many f words can I say in a row? I better slow well, well, down. Yeah,
1: be careful. Okay. Be careful. All right.
2: But we we operate in entrepreneurship support, and essentially we do that through financing. And we are going to finance entrepreneurs that typically don't have access to traditional means of lending. So if they go to Wells Fargo, if they go to BB&T, if they go to Bank of America, they might have a warm customer experience there at one of the retail branches, but typically there is a certain stage nowadays, and especially since 2008, where at that beginning startup all the way to two, three years in, maybe beyond, a traditional financial institution, a traditional bank cannot distribute funds and do a loan with a business in that, in that stage of growth, so... Um, that's the gap we try to fill, and we're going to underwrite deals very similar to a bank, but we are paid, and our organization was generated to lend to the traditionally unbankable.
1: And you know that's a good explanation of some, uh, CDFIs. Tell us a little bit about Mountain BizWorks and what's your footprint, and and you know what's you know where where are you at?
2: Yeah, thanks so much. So. We actually have 27 of the most western counties in North Carolina. Mountain BizWorks was uh, launched about 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago, in Asheville, North Carolina. And it was a small uh, loan fund, a a pool of of dollars from local high-net-worth individuals. This was 30 years ago in Asheville, so it was quite a different place than it is now downtown was not a fun place and it was not a great place to take families so they decided to put this revolving loan fund together to lend to entrepreneurs that wanted to start downtown brick and mortar shops and as they began to invest in those entrepreneurs it just so happens small businesses can make downtowns fun and that's a key component of a downtown So it built some traction, and over time the source of funding uh, changed up a little bit. It became a 501c3 nonprofit, and now we actually have technical assistance that pairs up with a lot of the funding we do. And we've spread all across western North Carolina. My office specifically is based in Boone, and I cover about a 10-county region that includes Catawba. Okay.
1: And, and and when you say technical assistance, I mean, you guys get into education. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you also do some crowdfunding assistance as well with some of your clients too. Yeah, So, so you, you, you dabble in several different
2: areas. Yep. Yes. We actually call these two elements of what we do lending and learning. So learning is actually pretty diverse once you start digging into all of our programming. Technical assistance, I like to describe it as sitting shotgun with an entrepreneur and helping them execute Mm -hmm. on whatever that goal is that's next. Then we have coaching, and you guys are both coaches. It's an element of helping folks identify goals and then holding them accountable. So it's not quite executing right next to them. And then we have a series of different classes Many of them are cohort-style, so you'll have several classes over a period of time, series. Uh, Right at the beginning, we have our foundations course, which mimics some of what um, small business centers provide. Ours is very focused on mission and just the entrepreneur figuring out what the driver is going to be and making sure that's going to take them all the way through the rough times and balancing that mission out with a financial projection. So in the Foundations course, you're having your first cash flow projection, and that's kind of the capstone piece of the course. Then we have Alpine, which is geared towards folks that have been in business under two years. And then we have Scale Up, which is not always about businesses that are going to scale, as we were just talking about how difficult that is. But businesses that have been around for two years – They're doing over $150,000 a year in annual income and they've identified a really good growth opportunity, or a growth opportunity they think is really good. And then scale up in a lot of these courses are really about vetting what you think you want to do. Is it going to work from an internal perspective, as the entrepreneur from an operational perspective, and is it going to work viably? And that's where the financial projections come in. So Financial is really plays in strong to a lot of our programming, and I could speak to the crowdfunding and some of the other programs. It gets a little out there but if you want me to go deep, just let me know
1: well, well you know when you when you do crowdfunding are you focused on a particular platform or or right. does that work for are there, are there certain businesses that you focus on that on more than others or, or just any, anything you can share there? I, I suspect yeah. we could do an entire program on crowdfunding sure. if we wanted to. So, and we're not going to today, okay. but maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll bring you back. But, yeah. uh,
2: so I will give you the quick and dirty in that we're going into our fourth cohort of a program we call Invested. And it talks about taking on investment of any kind. Right There's so much Even if it's one individual investing in your company To help you execute this next stage It's a blank slate Of what that investment can mean for you And your financials And everything that has to do with your business It can make you, it can break you It can make not much of a difference at all So there's a new form of taking on investment Which happens to be investment crowdfunding Mm -hmm. It's been legal for a little over three years now and the last time you were allowed to take on investment in market securities to non-accredited investors was in the 1930s so it's been a really long time that's legal again and there are platforms the one that i've used most commonly is wefunder.com okay. wefunder.com mimics kickstarter mm-hmm. but you are actually selling securities <clears throat> through wefunder not just to rich individuals and families, but to your community. So if you have an existing community of followers, this is a great platform for you if you want to raise capital, but you don't necessarily want to take on a loan or you don't have the ability to take on a loan yet. It's a really incredible opportunity, and it's so fresh, we decided we were going to do an educational program for Western North Carolina, and that's the invested course. Our next one is coming up in June, and you can find out a lot more about that at mountainbizworks.org. Well, very cool.
1: So so you were talking about some of the challenges that a, a startup or small business has when they might be visiting some of the larger commercial lenders, and I think Gary and I see that as well, and that yeah, uh, you know, their 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 underwriting costs uh, can make it prohibitive for them to get involved with with a smaller business that might need twenty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. and they they look at startup businesses perhaps differently than than we do. And I see you smiling there, and that that often their response is well come back after two years and show me your financials, and then let's mm-hmm. talk. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, tell, us, tell us a little bit about the challenges that are out there, uh, you know, whether, whether a startup or small business is working with Mountain BizWorks or, or, or other potential lenders out there. You know, what, what needs to be going through their mind in terms of uh, accessing capital these days if, if mm-hmm. they're in startup or in that sort of situation?
2: Would you like me to contrast traditional lenders with BizWorks, or just in general, what the challenges are? I think in general, just sort of, I'm curious
1: to how it works with with BizWorks. Mm -hmm. I sort of assume that other uh, community lenders work in a similar type fashion, Mm -hmm. you know, in in, in, in the way that you assess risk and and the way you look at your opportunities.
2: Mm -hmm. We are going to underwrite very similar to a traditional bank. We're looking at the same ratios, two of the top ones to learn and understand if you're interested in this is loan to value. So is our security, if this business fails, going to allow us to get our funds back, right? A lot of times you're referring to collateral when you're talking about security. So if the business assets, the equipment... (coughs) the inventory, et cetera, the total value and resale value on those is less than the loan that we're giving them. Mm -hmm. That puts us into a risky position. But once again, Mountain BizWorks is paid to enter those situations, and we have a few ways of being creative and making it less risky for us and thus allowing us to do Mm -hmm. those deals and start those businesses Mm -hmm. and grow those businesses where at a traditional institution, because you have a bad loan-to-value ratio, they're not going to be able to enter into that agreement with you. they yeah, kick them out quickly, more exactly, quickly than you would. That's right, that's right, and you know our traditional <coughs> lenders um, from the Wells Fargo, Bank of America, BB&T, they become some of our best referral sources because they're having these folks walk in their door with fantastic ideas, the fire's in their eyes, they're ready to go, but they don't meet those metrics that the traditional institution is going to require. The other one, just to quickly go over and maybe become more familiar with, if you're listening, is uh, debt service coverage ratio. And that's a really fancy term for do you have enough money at the end of the month to pay your loan? You know, And it's something we face in our household too, right? If we take on too much debt, it's hard to make those payments every month. The business is very, very similar. So your debt service coverage ratio indicates how much each month you're going to be profiting and how great that profit is when you put it over how much debt you're paying each month. So the the, the larger the debt service coverage ratio, the better because we know – Even if they have a bad month, they're going to be paying down that debt pretty easily. And those are two of the kind of boring metrics, but crucial metrics. Boring, but important. (laughs) Boring, but important. And you know, a lot of times when we're working with individuals, they initially come to us without a cash flow projection. Or they aren't able to generate a historical financial document that shows us what their historical cash flow is. And if they're if they have money at the end of every month and the end of every year. So that's where we really differentiate ourselves. And that's where the technical assistance starts, that's where the coaching starts and the classes start. If we see an opportunity and we feel like this individual actually could be a loan client, we're going to really dig in and try to help them create those financial projections, work on their marketing plan, work on their operational plan and we are blessed with relationships with the USDA, SBA, etc. that actually give us funding to make that free for the entrepreneur. So that coaching, that technical assistance to get them loan ready is very oftentimes, especially in rural areas, free to the client. So it's a really cool system that has come together over 30 years with this organization. And it's not always easy because we do have folks come through our door that, there is a major chink in the armor, or there's something really wrong with what we're seeing in their business plan, or their cash flow, or their historicals. Sometimes it's as simple as the entrepreneur has a bad credit score. And we work with companies like On Track. That's a really cool organization out of Asheville that helps you bring your credit score back up. We work with entrepreneurs that are in that situation, to try to get them to the point where they are bankable. And we are able to work in situations where the credit score is bad, which is another thing that can really quickly end a relationship right. with a traditional institution where we have a little more flexibility.
0: Are there different types of businesses that you focus on? or Great like question. Industry or whatever it happens to be?
2: Great question. We do everything under the sun. Okay. And we have some really interesting business models in our portfolio, some that I would be afraid to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we can't deal with some of the situations where you, you might imagine you wouldn't be able to bank with that industry. We don't need to get into that. But it's the, it's the typical stuff.
0: Very yeah. interesting. Huh? So, we'll this I, I, I think what Chris is saying <laughs> is if,
1: you know, you're doing gambling or drugs, he'd like to speak with you, so... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hear they're very profitable. What. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I hear. Nailed it, nailed it. Yeah, there's other financial institutions for those kinds uh, of businesses.
1: <laughs> Our friend Guido helps a lot too. We That's had him on right. last month.
2: Great guy. <laughs> so, to to answer your question though, um, there are trends in the industries we end up seeing, and it's what does well in Western North Carolina, and we have a lot of food manufacturers. Food producers, restaurants, breweries, coffee shops, but it really gets a lot deeper mm-hmm. into into the portfolio. There's quite a variety, but those are some of our top industries that about we have. Geography
0: just made me think about Is it primarily within 50 miles or 100 miles radius? Where are you guys are located?
2: So we actually cover 27 counties. Uh, you heard this
0: 27 counties. Was, yeah. How far is that?
2: That's, That's like half our state. <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you what. It's, a quarter. So headquartered in Asheville. That's why we got a hundred counties. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Headquartered in Asheville, and I'm up in Boone. So I'll go up to Allegheny, Wilkes, okay. Ashe County. You said
0: Twenty-seven counties,
2: except that. Yep. Okay. And we go deep into the southwest as well.
1: Yeah, you know, and and for listeners that might not be in those counties, there are probably other uh, community lending organizations that focus. In other parts of our state and in other states, it's not like you know you're uh,
2: you're unique in that manner. You're you're one that just focuses on Western North Carolina. Absolutely, and we're connected to a network of other CDFIs throughout the state and the southeastern United States that we often refer folks to that we don't necessarily have the means to assist them.
0: How'd you pick the 27 counties? Is it expansion start obviously small and then grow? Is that how it, and then you take over another county? Or take responsibility for
2: Yeah, great question. That's something that I can't truly answer because I've only been with the organization for about four years. Mm-hmm. But our mission is really geared towards the mountains, okay. hence the name Mountain BizWorks. Yeah. And we've got some competencies and specialties that really play to that crowd and help us understand some of these rural communities as well as small cities like Asheville.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, Chris. One of the questions that always comes up when people come into our small business center or are talking about business lending and uh, is the sort of information that they're going to have to provide to to you or to any lender mm-hmm. in terms of helping the you evaluate whether it's a loan that you want to get involved with. So, you know, so just you know for our listeners out there, sort of help prepare them a little bit in terms of hey if you're if you're coming to talk to me or you're coming to talk to any lender, here are the sort of documents that we look at and we're gonna require, and just to sort of set some bar of expectations for people, sure,
2: sure. Well, we work with entrepreneurs at all stages of their path, so ideation, right. that that light bulb moment, it doesn't happen for everybody. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we actually have folks come in, they have nothing prepared, they know they want to get into entrepreneurship, and they have a feeling for what they're passionate about. So from there all the way to they are crushing it, they're actually donating back to Mountain BizWorks now, and they're helping us coach other businesses coming up through Startup. So it's a really wide spectrum But when somebody is coming specifically for financing, I love to see a little bit of a financial projection if they have the ability to generate that. And working with the small business center at Catawba Valley Community College, great place to to begin that process if you need a little guidance on it. When they come with a financial projection, it gives me an idea that they have a feel for the business model and that this thing is going to work from a numbers perspective. I also like to see them have a good idea of who their customer is, and that's probably the most critical thing because you can't have a good financial projection without good revenue. And revenue comes from an understanding of who your customer is and how your product or service solves an issue for them and brings value to their lives. So a really good understanding of the customer and who you want to serve is really nice when that's brought to the table. If you have a business plan already that really comes through every element of starting and running a business, I like that a lot too. But sometimes parts of the business plan aren't necessarily useful for lending. But if I see a comprehensive business plan, you know, 30 pages, I'm impressed because somebody obviously put a lot of time. They put a lot of time in, right? But it doesn't always mean they're ready to go. We, we uh, personally, I try to discourage thirty-page business plans. <laughs> I, I,
1: I have a hard time believing that you or I or anyone really wants to read a thirty-page business plan unless it's a totally new and unique uh, idea, business product that isn't really out there. But you know, if you're starting a coffee shop or something, I. We have a pretty good sense of what a coffee shop should look like, mm-hmm. and, and there are certain elements. You know, I think understanding your your customers and and the potential and, and developing your financials are important. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't need. Thirty pages on how I'm going to make coffee. You know, right, I, right. I, I I love coffee. I'm going to drink the coffee, <laughs> but I you know it's you know I, I like sausage too, but I don't want to see the <laughs> process in which it's made. So, yeah. um, I, I you know obviously those are important elements. I just just to for for someone going in you know this sort of information that you're going to require them is not that different from that of a, of a traditional lender, and that mm. I assume you're also going to. Uh, ask their permission to look at their credit, Mm -hmm. uh, their personal Mm -hmm. credit. You may well require personal income taxes if it's a new business. Yes, Uh, absolutely. And you mentioned... um, Collateral, or, or, you know, these are all elements that are still, it's it's not like coming to you gets you out of these requirements from a lending perspective. So just, you know, understand these are standard type things that, that you're going to be looking for.
2: Yeah, we're always going to ask for the past two years personal tax return. And if they're an existing business, we want to see the past two years business tax return as well. We get really into, paperwork and documentation the closer that we get to closing a loan. So it does become cumbersome, but we're very thorough with that, very similar to any other institution you're going to work with. How
0: okay. long's the process from starting? Sorry. I was, no, I actually, I
1: was going to ask question.
2: that question. Great question. So we have a couple stages, um, or I should say a couple tiers. If it's under 50,000, that's probably, if the deal comes to us and is ready to go, that's going to be the least amount of time mm-hmm. if it's under 50. And we're still going to underwrite it just the same. It's just a little faster for us. So that's probably going to take us anywhere from a month to a month and a half. And that's if the deal comes in ready to rock and roll. There are circumstances where we've gotten it done faster than that, but I like to set expectations On timing, you know, conservatively. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's above 50,000, you're looking at more of closer to one and a half to two months. And a lot of times we really are going to dig in further to certain elements of our underwriting. And we have another committee that it has to pass through once it's above 50,000. That's part of our organization. So that's the gist of it, and that can flex up or down depending on the deal. So, uh, you know, as as a lender,
1: and, and as I said, you're also a business owner. Are there? recommendations that you have for you know, if I'm a small business or I'm starting a small business and going to be looking for some some capital through a lender like yours are are there certain things that you you would suggest I be doing before I come visit you just to have a better chance of uh, having a successful relationship with you
2: mhm yeah, I think it goes back to really taking a look at the financial possibility, understanding what all of the revenue, the sales, the income potential on a monthly basis, and the expenses as well, all of them, down to every last dime you're going to spend. And if that bottom line, after all is said and done, looks good, you know, and you're, you've, you're projecting a nice profit once you've really thoroughly analyzed everything that's going into it the entire business, and out of the business every month. I love seeing that. So it's really cool to work on something that you love and something that you care about and feel passionate about. It's even cooler to start a business and more safe and healthy to start a business that has major profitability potential so that that income eventually can feed back into your household and make your life more rich and the lives around you, you also have to be passionate. So if I see someone that's doing a business just to start a business, it always really turns me off. I have to see some sort of passion and connection to the work and the product or service that they're providing because that will fuel the entrepreneur to get things done at a multiple um, that's unlike any other. And that's really what I want to see when I meet with somebody the first time. And sometimes it takes a while to figure out what that thing is that you're passionate about. Some people come in and it's very clear that it's there. And then we just got to do the gritty work of understanding that it's going to make money. Okay. And
1: tell us again, if people want to find out more about uh, Mountain BizWorks, where should they be looking?
2: MountainBizWorks.org. and that's that's biz with a Z that's biz with a Z, there it is they can look there, they can give me a call or a text at 828-773-3052 and I have really been enjoying my time in Hickory we've grown our portfolio here in Catawba County, it's been a pleasure the entrepreneurship support systems here in the community are really starting to take off so I look forward to spending more time in this area
1: well we're, we're, we very much appreciate you Just joining in with us, and uh, we always like to also mention that uh, we like to thank our friends on the mesh and that uh, if you 're in- interested in advertising on the mesh, you should visit www.themesh.tv backslash advertise or you can send an email to info at the TV and get some information so uh, if you're trying to reach entrepreneurs, this is a good place. So uh, give us a shout; we're happy to help you there. Chris, we always like to, to have our uh, guests participate in a little bit of a, a fun lightning round. If you're up for it, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. uh oh, uh oh, you know our lightning round. Most people survive it. Yeah, you know, our lightning <laughs> round this month is actually sponsored by Globo Gym. You know, if you need to lose some weight and get in shape. Go to somebody else's gym. But if you're already looking good, you want to go to Globo Gym. You should check it out on the internet. So, Chris, are you ready for some, uh, some quick questions?
2: Let's dive in. Okay. Gary will protect me. Yes. Yeah. What is your favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot I've ever been to sure. was been New to. Zealand. Been to? New
0: Zealand. New Zealand.
1: Oh, oh, wow.
2: Fascinated by that
0: place. Okay. My daughter's in Australia as we speak. All right. Excellent.
1: Your preference, Harry Potter, Star Wars, or Godfather movies? Harry Potter. What is your favorite day of the week? Sunday. Okay. Beatles or Rolling Stones?
2: Beatles, big time. Okay. Cake or pie? Mm, That's a tough decision. I'm going to go with cake. Okay. Well, we appreciate the thoughtfulness you put into (laughs) this.
1: Is it okay to wear socks with sandals?
2: After the age of 42. (laughs) You're not there yet, are you? Not yet.
1: Okay. Last question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
2: Healing. What was it? Healing anybody. Okay. Of any that was a really good one. That may be the best. Yeah, I, I thought he would like be able to sniff
1: out poor financial projections at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, miles away. But, That's uh, right. you know, so, Anyway. You already have that power, so uh, I just I, lean on you. Okay. That. All right. Well, Chris, thank you for playing. We appreciate yes. you being here. We, we always like to wind up our podcast by sharing uh, – a small business that we've run into. And, Chris, I'm going to ask you to give a shout-out to your business because you have your own business in in Boone. Mm -hmm. Tell people a little bit about your business and where they can find that.
2: Well, thank you very much for that opportunity and gift. It is Center 45 Climbing and Fitness, and we are off of Bamboo Road in Boone, North Carolina, just about an hour from downtown Hickory. We provide a climbing terrain indoors so it's a really fun form of fitness and we actually focus on bouldering so you don't need to come in with really anything other than yourself and maybe some comfortable clothes to climb in we have rental shoes and we set different routes of different varying difficulty levels and we also have some traditional weights and workout equipment as well but the climbing is really our focus Mm -hmm. we have a coffee shop right next door and it's a really good time
0: Okay. How so long have you been in the business?
2: We started that business in September of 2015, so we're coming up on five years—about years. four and a half years. That's great. So, and if
1: people want to check out Center Forty Five, where can they go online and see anything? What's your website? Absolutely,
2: there? it's Center, like the center of a target. Center Forty Five. The numbers four and five. dot com. Center Forty Five. dot com. Okay. Well, very cool.
1: Good one to check out.
0: Gary, what's your small business of the month? My small business of the month is Barkside Pet Grooming, which is important to both of us because the owner is Marky James, a CVCC Advertising Graphic Design graduate, and I believe we've talked about her before, but it's worthwhile highlighting her again because she's one of our outstanding skills students. She won a national championship with our entrepreneurship team, and when she was presenting, basically, her dream business that she's wanted to open since 2000. 10 um, and that day is now come. Uh, she's a Burke County native and she's lived there most of her life except for the four years she was with her husband in the military. She's been grooming dogs and cats professionally for over 11 years and it's her life's passion to have her pets feel and look beautiful while they're giving them a safe and happy grooming experience she 's got extensive training in the grooming industry from every breed such as haircuts and including cat handling i 'm not sure what that means, but no uh, I do cat juggling. <laughs> you, you probably you probably have a conflict with her with juggling <laughs> cats, although maybe if you can comb them while they 're there you 're good, uh, but she continues to grow she 's actually added one of our uh, CCC students as an employee in the last month and uh, she says where quality and compassion start for her pets, or okay. your pets, too. Well, good deal. Well, I, and it's always uh, great when one of ours makes good. No, we're all for that. Well, my
1: small business of the month uh, came to me from my friends at the AB Tech Small Business Center in Asheville, North Carolina. And it's one of their clients. It's called Black Folks Camp 2. And it was founded by Earl Hunter. And Chris, are you familiar with them? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Earl Hunter, who is the founder and president of Black Folks Camp 2. Uh, it's a marketing-driven business whose mission is to increase diversity in the outdoor industry by making it easier, more interesting, and more fun for black folks to go camping. The idea for Black Folks Camp 2 began when Mr. Hunter was introduced to camping for the first time in 2015 while he was serving as vice president of sales for Sylvan Sport, one of the world's most innovative outdoor industry companies. And the idea didn't really fully form until Mr. Hunter and his son went on an epic camping road trip across the United States and Canada. They traveled for three months, visiting 49 campgrounds in 20 states, uh, in provinces and they saw precisely one other black family camping so at that point mr hunter started a, a mission of sharing stories of camping adventures across this network of friends and family and he became a top influencer for black folks looking to give camping a try koa campgrounds was so inspired by the trip they invited mr hunter and his son to their headquarters in montana and he wrote an article called uh, a bucket list father son road trip which was posted on their website he's been a keynote speaker at a western north carolina outdoor business conference and he's recognized for his ideas for expanding marketing efforts to be more inclusive of the african american community so you can check out their website at www.blackfolkscamp2 and that's t o o .com and you can get ideas for trips, which are appropriate for people of all colors. Plus, you can purchase various merchandise to help promote uh, Mr. Hunter's vision. And even though I'm not black and I'm not a camper, my idea of camping is sort of the, the holiday inn. It's a great concept, and it's my small business of the month. So uh, as Joe Bob would say, you should be checking it out. If you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at e at TV. And if we use yours, we'll give you a, a prize pack for uh, for your idea. We want to thank uh, Chris Graysinger of Mountain BizWorks and Center 45 Climbing and Fitness for joining us today. We want to thank The Mesh Podcast Network and... and uh, Please uh, subscribe to our podcast by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your uh, podcast uh, station of choice, platform of choice. Uh, Best wishes. And we look forward to
0: uh, talking with you again next month on the Entrepreneur Exchange. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Well, listen to us soon.